Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated. (coughs) Why are they there? The disciples of John, I mean. Why aren't they with Jesus? Why aren't they following Jesus? They're not with John as his friends. That I could understand. They're still his disciples, we're told today. John knows that's not right. So he sends them to Jesus with a question. A question to ask that Jesus might help them and teach them. John had already pointed to Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John had already said that Jesus must increase and he must decrease. John had confessed already that Jesus was so much greater than he that he was not even worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. But maybe that's why. Jesus didn't look the part. You sure you got the right guy, John? The carpenter's son from Nazareth? His sandals? You sure? So John sends them to Jesus. Maybe John knew his time was short, that Herod, who had imprisoned him, soon had to fish or cut bait. And releasing him was unlikely. So his disciples needed to go. As much as John must have appreciated having them around, this was more important. They needed to leave him and go to Jesus. So John sends them, and he tells them to ask, Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? Now Jesus could have just told them. But words weren't enough. Jesus' lowly appearance made the words hard to believe. So Jesus gives them more. He points to the word of God in the Old Testament. In the prophet Isaiah. That this is what would happen when God comes to save. And this is what is happening Now, but not just those things, even more. Jesus goes beyond what Isaiah said. For in addition to the eyes of the blind being opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped, more than the lame man leaping like a deer and the tongue of the mute singing for joy, he says this too. The dead are being raised up. And the good news, the poor have the good news preached to them. Go tell John. So that when they did tell John, John could say to them, then why are you still here? Go, go follow him. You need to be his disciples, not mine. My time is up.
Now, what Jesus added there is important. That the dead are raised up could be a reference to Jesus raising the dead son of the widow of Nain, a story that Luke records right before this episode of John in prison. Or it could mean those who are dead in their trespasses and sins, which would go along with the rest of what Jesus says next, that the poor have the good news preached to them. I think we usually think it's the first because that would make it a miracle like the rest. But maybe it is the latter, the preaching, that is the greatest for Jesus. The proclamation of the good news that he is the dead one who will be raised. And because he is, so will we. The poor and lowly. He wants us to know. We won't all be healed, but we will all be raised. And even those healed now will have to face death later. So that's the real foe here. The Messiah is here to deliver us from death and hell. The healings, the miracles are the little signs of the greater work. And I think that's maybe where we sometimes get confused, like John's disciples. We, we think the little signs are the greater work. And the greater work, the preaching, well, not so much. Or, or maybe our problem is that we just don't see ourselves as the poor. And certainly we aren't when it comes to the things of this world. We are quite wealthy. Christmas has become a holiday of great wealth and spending. But what about spiritually? Do we see ourselves as poor? I don't want to be poor. I want to have a faith that cannot be moved. I want to be strong and steadfast. I want to stand on my own two spiritual feet. And not need God so much. And need to rely on him so much. Isn't that what growing up is after all? And isn't that what God wants? Well, in fact, no. It's not what God wants at all. He doesn't want you to think you need him less and less. And thereby grow away from him. He wants you to realize you actually need him more and more. And so grow in him. That you know it is better to be washed by him than to wash yourself. It is better to be fed by him than to feed yourself. It is better to be forgiven by him than to forgive yourself. He wants his strength to be your strength. His riches to be your riches. So you are and must be poor. Or as Luther said it, we are beggars. This is true. And while poor is not good in the world, it is just right for Jesus. 
So that being true, where would you expect to find Jesus? In a palace or in a hospital? In a five-star restaurant or in a prison? He's out with the blind, the lame, the deaf, the lepers, the sinners, the outcasts, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the homeless, the people we avoid, the people we step over as we go on our way. That's not where you'd expect someone whose sandal, John, the great John, the no one born of women greater than John, to be. But that's how God rolls. The Son of God had the palace, had the five-star restaurant, and more in heaven, and glory beyond that, and he left it. He left to come down to you. So if you're looking for Jesus, don't look up. Look down. That's where he is and will be for you. Not far away in heaven, but here to wash you and to feed you and to forgive you. You who are poor, you who need all these things. And especially He came down that you would see him from where all these things come. From the cross. That you would see bloody Jesus. Dying Jesus. Whipped Jesus. Abused Jesus. Mocked Jesus. Rejected Jesus. Thrown out Jesus. That's your Jesus. Great Jesus. The Jesus who did not say, clean yourself up, get better, and maybe I'll let you into my heaven. But who came down to die for the dead, the spiritually dead, to scoop us up from the grave, to rise to life with him. John knew that. So go, Go, he tells his disciples, follow him. That's where you should be. But there's something else Jesus said too. Pretty important. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Offended by the kind of savior he is. Offended by who he is hanging out with. Offended by how he sees us. Because people are offended by Jesus. Then and now. They don't like his teaching. They want what he says is wrong to be right. They don't want to believe that he is the only way to heaven. They don't want to be saved by grace. They want it by being good. They don't want to be poor, humble, and undeserving, but rich, proud, and admired. They don't want to live by faith, what they cannot see, and so have to believe and trust, but to live by what they can see and feel. 
That way, they are the arbiter of truth, not Jesus. And they can believe what they think, what they know, not what Jesus tells them. And this kind of thinking, it lives in us too. It's part of the sin we inherited to put our thinking above God's thinking. Our word above his word. Our wants and desires over his to make myself something. Not nothing. But to be offended by Jesus and so turn away from him, his word and his truth. Is to then also turn away from his blessing. And lose it. So if John were here today, what would he need to clear out of the way for you? What would he need to clear out of the way for you to follow Christ? What false loves, what idols, what wrong thinking, what sins, what desires? Where are you that he would say to you, Why are you still here? Go! Go! But we don't want to lose those things, right? Those things John would clear away. But you must. You must be dead to be raised. You must be poor to have the good news preached to you. You must be empty to be filled. You must be sinner to be forgiven. So listen to John and go. Go. Go to the font and remember that you are a baptized child of God. Go to absolution and hear those words of forgiveness spoken to you again and again. Go to the supper and receive and eat and drink not earthly food, but heavenly food. Go to the word and hear all that your God has come down from heaven and done for you and is still doing. These are his Christmas gifts to you. The gifts he came in flesh and blood to give. So go. Go here, but then out there too. To the lame, to the blind, to the sick, to the sinners, to the deaf, to those dead in their trespasses and sins. Not to those who can pay you back, but to those who cannot. Help them. Do good to them, for that's what Jesus has come and done for you. That's Jesus living in you. And you know, a lot of people struggle this time of the year. It's supposed to be a season of joy. But for all kinds of reasons, some people, maybe many people, aren't very joyful. Maybe it's because we're looking for joy in the wrong place. I'm sure John wasn't joyful in prison. But if his disciples left him and went to follow Jesus, 
that would be a source of joy for him. Which seems backwards, and yet that's the way of it with Jesus. So maybe the path to joy is to bring joy to others. Not to seek it for ourselves, but for them. The author to the Hebrews said that of Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The cross wasn't joyful, but the joy it would bring us gave joy to Jesus. Joy to go there and endure that for you. John wants that joy for his disciples. And that is his joy. And that is why on this Sunday we lit the rose-colored candle on the Advent wreath. It is this Sunday of joy, and it's our joy as well. The joy of Jesus, his gifts and his life. That life that we now get to live. A life that, because of him, will never end. And a joy that, because of him, lasts more than a day, or even twelve. So as we sang in the intro, it rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice, which, think of it this way, is not just an exhortation, but a promise. That when you stay is not the time for joy. It's not when you stay, but when you go that you will rejoice. Not when you stay where you are. Not when you stay in your sins. But when you go. Go to Jesus. You will rejoice. For going to the one who came to us as a baby. Who comes to us now with his gifts. You will go to him in the end. On that day when he comes for you again. That day there will be only joy. That's where you need to be. That's where Jesus wants you to be. With him in his joy. To rejoice in him always. So go. Go. To the one who advents. Comes. For you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.